This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Michael Wright, and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's story is from Stuff's national team and is called Odin and Lorazepam. It's written by national journalists Tony Wall and Caroline Williams. Caroline joins me now. Hello. Kia ora, Michael. So Odin and Lorazepam is an intriguing title. Uh, set this up for us. Yeah, so Odin is a dog who was a chained dog and our animal rescue vigilante who features in this series, Charmaine Woolmarins, she had been feeding this dog for about a week as she, you know, she felt for it. It was a chained, chained dog. And then one stormy night, she decided that she would take matters into her own hands and she drugged Odin with some lorazepam, which is used to treat anxiety disorders in humans. And uh, yeah, she, she stole the dog, took the dog into her own hands so that she could give him a better life. Now, that wasn't exactly legal, though. But yeah, that's what you do when you're a passionate animal lover. And we should say this story we're about to hear is one part of a three-part series, one isolated incident, but it's obviously not the only incident uh, with this animal vigilante. Uh, talk a little bit about the wider context that this story fits into. So Charmaine Wilmarins, uh, she runs a, or she ran an animal rescue up in North Auckland called Pixie's Animal Rescue. And for a long time, she had kind of been the subject of a lot of rumours of, I guess, malpractice. You know, there isn't a huge amount of regulation in the animal rescue industry. And a lot of what she was doing was seen as underhanded by uh, members of the community. Lots of people who have volunteered at Pixie's Animal Rescue had these quite harrowing tales of, I guess, neglect happening with the animals under Charmaine's care. And yeah, the volunteers, you know, they kind of spoke of Charmaine having a, a sharp tongue. And a lot of the volunteers, they, they ended up having to leave because they just couldn't deal with the conditions that these animals were, were living in. So yeah, the, the series kind of looks at, you know, what's alleged to have happened. As I mentioned, there's quite a few harrowing incidents involving one where some animals were slaughtered and we revealed that actually it was a relative of Charmaine who did this allegedly under her instruction. The story really is about a woman who clearly cares a lot for animals, but has just gone about it totally the wrong way, illegally, and I guess let herself become overwhelmed to the detriment of the animals under her care. I can see why it's three parts. Mm. That is a lot. Wow. Yeah, just a really colourful character. You know, we got her to sit down and we had a chat over a couple of hours on video where she admitted a lot of these allegations. So, yeah, it is quite an incredible story. It's um, It's not often that you can get the subject of your investigation to just sit and tell all. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting one for sure. And we should say all three parts are on stuff.co.nz, of course. But now let's hear Caroline Williams read the first part of the series she wrote with Tony Wall, Odin and Lorazepam. Dogs are my life. I just love them. Just love them. Any animal, really. Cats, dogs, 
pigeons, possums. Yeah, yeah, we love them all. We love them all. On a stormy night, Charmaine Wilmarins drove up to the Bull Terrier Cross chained by the side of the road in Whangaparawa, North Auckland. His name was Odin, and Wilmarins, founder of Pixie's Animal Rescue, had come to snatch him because she believed he was being mistreated. Odin knew her. She'd been bringing him food for about a week, but he was a barker, and she was worried if she tried to take him, he'd alert his owner. So as the thunderstorm raged, she took a pill of lorazepam, a benzodiazepine used to treat anxiety disorders in humans, and hid it inside some meat. She crouched next to Odin, calming him, and fed it to him. He became docile. She slipped his chain off a branch, put him in her car, and drove off. Stuff has heard a recording posted on social media in which Wilmarins talks about using lorazepam on several occasions so she could steal dogs from places such as gang properties. Now she says she only did it once or twice. I googled it, she says. Dr Google knows everything. They said up to 75 milligrams for a big dog is fine. The normal human dose is much, much lower. But New Zealand Veterinary Association spokesperson Sally Corey says lorazepam is never prescribed to dogs as there are sedatives specifically for them. People shouldn't use their own medicines on pets without first checking with a vet to make sure it's safe, Corey says. Donna Young, a former SPCA inspector and founder of New Lives Animal Rescue, says it's absolutely not okay to go out and drug a dog and steal it. Such actions give animal rescues a bad name, she says. She understands it's frustrating seeing an animal being neglected or abused, but that's where the SPCA should step in. They've got the laws behind them. In the past, Walmarins has seen herself as kind of a superhero. I work the neighbourhood, she told Stuff in 2022. I creep around in the bushes. I climb over fences to ease the pain of the chained dog. The rescue of Odin in late 2020 wasn't the end of the saga. Walmarins admits she helped his owner deliver missing dog flyers and put up social media posts, all while Odin was at Pixie's HQ her rented rural property at Dairy Flat on Auckland's North Shore. She says she lied because she was worried what he might do if he'd discovered she'd taken his pet. When Odin was taken to a vet and his microchip scanned, the game was up. He'd been reported as stolen and the vet notified Auckland Council. When the owner learned the truth, he demanded money, denying he'd mistreated Odin. Wilmarin says a supporter paid the man $1,000 to not sue me and take me to court. She says she has no regrets, insisting that Odin was being neglected, tied up by a busy road all day without food or shelter. He's now with a good family, she says. I had to do what I had to do. In the rescue game, you do lie, steal, cheat, and you are dishonest. And I'm sorry about that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level 
today. That's shopify.com slash system. Woolmarins, originally from South Africa, has had a high public profile, with media articles covering her rescues of cats, dogs, and other animals from situations she described as horrific, including 48 cats from a cat prison in Thames. But her rescue methods and the welfare of the animals she keeps have raised concerns with many people who've had dealings with her. She claims to be the victim of a Facebook hate page making false claims. But Stuff has spoken to more than two dozen people, including former Pixies staff and volunteers, clients and business associates, who say they are appalled by what's gone on. Former staff and volunteers talk of being scarred for life by their experience at Pixies. It never leaves you the horrors of what happened there, one says. They all ask that their names be withheld for fear of retaliation. Multiple complaints have been made about Woolmarins to police, the SPCA, Auckland Council and various other agencies, but she seems to have escaped censure. In a frank interview, Woolmarins admitted making many, many mistakes over the years, in all aspects of her life, but vowed to keep caring for the animals she loves. She wound up the Pixies Animal Rescue Trust, a registered charity, in 2022 after some bad publicity about alleged animal neglect. She now runs a small doggy daycare under the name Small Paws and rescues the occasional animal. When Stuff visited her Auckland property in March, she had about 20 dogs on site, some of them rescues, others the pets of paying clients. There were also about 23 cats, many feral, which had been moved from the cattery to the main house after the property was flooded during Cyclone Gabrielle. Nine of the cats and some small dogs sleep with Walmarins and her husband, Dirk, she says, while other dogs sleep in pens in a converted triple garage and seem to have the run of the house. Stuff has found that the Pixies Rescue, established about a decade ago, never had resource consent. The only consent issued by Auckland Council was in 2014 for a dog daycare centre. There were to be no more than 12 dogs on site and they weren't to stay overnight. Photos from March 2020 show far more than 12 dogs at the facility. After a site visit in March 2021, when 24 dogs were found on the property, the council served an abatement notice, ordering Pixies to stop breaching the consent. A visit a year later found they were complying. Pixies also had a cattery, which Walmarins originally planned to run as a posh boarding facility. But it ended up becoming a cat rescue, she says, taking in sick and feral cats, even though it wasn't equipped to handle them. It got bigger, and then eventually the clients became fewer and the rescues became more, she says. During the COVID lockdowns, things went a bit out of control, and Pixies ended up with 256 cats at one point, Walmarin says. Unfortunately, I don't know when to say no, and I should have. But we did rescue large amounts of cats and rehomed over 500 in three years, she says. Operating a business without resource consent carries a penalty of up to $600,000, but Auckland Council says it's unlikely to investigate as the operation is now much reduced. Former staff and volunteers at the cattery describe a chaotic operation, with sick and healthy animals mingling, shambolic record-keeping, and lengthy delays in getting sick cats seen by a vet. 
Warmarin says many of the animals were already sick when they arrived from private properties and other shelters. And when Auckland went into COVID lockdown, vets were only taking emergency cases. One woman who worked at the cattery for several months describes cats being jammed in, pissing and shitting everywhere. Sickness quickly spread. She says, we had kittens dying in our arms all the time. We got no backing from Warmarins to help with these animals. Warmarins says two cats died in their cages of cat flu, which was heartbreaking. The former staffer says she felt she had no choice but to give medical treatments that she wasn't qualified for, such as injections. It's pretty daunting, she says, when you don't know what you're doing. She says Warmarins would put Vicks vapour rub under the chins of cats with flu. Warmarins admits that vapour rub was used as it was good for clearing cats' noses. The over-the-counter cold and allergy medication, Dimatap, was also used, she says. Corey, of the Veterinary Association, says she would never use vapour rub on a cat as it could be irritating if ingested. Another former staff member says treating and desexing cats so they can be adopted or put into a managed colony is a critical role of any rescue, but this wasn't the case at Pixies. It was like a revolving door, she says, with cats recovering from illness, only to get sick again as they mingled with infected ones. Many would sit around for months without any effort to get them adopted, she claims. She says some cats were taken for desexing, only for the vet to discover during surgery that they had already been desexed. She left Pixies when things became unbearable. You put your heart into trying to do the right thing for these cats, she says, and they were being let down. Warmarins confirms there were cases where cats that had already been desexed were sent for surgery. She explains that cats that came to Pixies from other rescues normally had an ear tipped if they were desexed, but that wasn't always the case. Unfortunately, record keeping was terrible, Warmarins says. I had a handover book, which I thought was enough. My staff introduced better ways, but they didn't keep up with it. Another former Pixies worker says she came away from her time there with post-traumatic stress symptoms. I have really bad dreams. She says one cat that had been rescued from a hoarding situation in Murupara had a urinary tract problem. I told Charmaine from the moment he came in the door that this was what was going on with him, and she didn't take him to the vet, she says, through tears. Six weeks later, she sent him to get desexed. He got put down the next day because his kidneys were shutting down. Warmarins admits sickness spread like wildfire, but says she hired a manager who was supposed to be running the cattery. She claims the manager and staff didn't follow protocols and were partly to blame, but I should have taken responsibility as well. We'd taken on too many cats. She says it was extremely difficult during the COVID lockdowns, with rescues overflowing and vet appointments difficult to get. Stuff spoke to an Auckland mother who went to Pixies to adopt a kitten for her children, their first pet. It was pretty rough, she says. It stunk so bad, lots of kittens in cages. But we didn't know any better. We just picked a kitten out. We paid about $200. The woman says she was given no advice on what food to use. We knew nothing, she says. We were so naive. When she took the kitten home, it became really sick with stomach issues and cat flu, and nearly died. It hadn't been vaccinated or desexed, although Pixies had promised to pay for the operation if she dropped the kitten off at its vet of choice, Vets North in Silverdale. 
The kitten ended up staying at Vetsnorf for about a week, and it eventually recovered. The woman says she insisted Pixies pay the bill. And it did. We didn't get billed, so we were happy about that, but we should never have been given that kitten. Pixies initially advertised itself as a no-kill shelter, meaning animals wouldn't be put down. But Wilmarin says it became untenable during the COVID pandemic, and they had to bring in a vet to euthanise animals which weren't rehomeable. It's unfortunate, she says. I would have loved to be able to stay a no-kill shelter. It's very posh to be a no-kill shelter. But sometimes you've got to make the call. Wilmarin says on one day alone, 33 cats with ringworm and bulging eyes had to be put down. In total, 73 were euthanised. My staff were furious with me. I had no choice, she says. A few dogs had to be put down as well. Stuff has seen invoices showing Pixies buying large quantities of the euthanasia drug Pentobarbital from Vets North. Wilmarin says a vet was temporarily suspended while they were investigated over the amounts of Pentobarbital they were taking for Pixies. She says one of the partners, Dave Van Zwanenberg, called to say they were bringing too many sick cats to the clinic, which was upsetting for its staff. Van Zwanenberg, a volunteer firefighter, was killed in a landslide at Murawai during Cyclone Gabrielle. Vetsnorf did not respond to requests for comment about Pixies and Wilmarins. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tag to you about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. The situation came to a head in September 2021, when Young, from New Lives Animal Rescue, visited Pixies and was shocked by the conditions. She convinced Walmarins to surrender some of the cats to other rescues, and the SPCA helped uplift them. Young says it's pretty disappointing that Walmarins continues to take on animals. Unfortunately, that's what happens with people in rescue, she says. A lot of them end up taking all these animals and they don't get the proper care that they need. There are multiple rescues around the country like it. There are things the SPCA can do, regular checks and things like that. But for some reason, they don't, Young says. The SPCA wouldn't answer detailed questions about its dealings with Pixies and Walmarins. In a statement, SPCA Inspectorate team leader Andre Williams confirmed the organisation has investigated Pixies in the past with educational and assistance-based outcomes. Williams says the organisation can't comment further because it's currently engaging with Pixies Animal Rescue, apparently unaware that it no longer exists as an entity. Jay Johansson, manager of the Pause for Life Rescue, took in 34 cats from Pixies, 21 of which had to be euthanised. He says every single cat had something wrong with it, and there were obvious signs of neglect, including upper respiratory infections, ringworm, feline leukaemia virus, and feline immunodeficiency virus. A number of cats that would have had minor ear infections while in Pixie's care, by the time they came to us, they had ruptured eardrums, which didn't respond to treatment. 
Johansson says one cat, Lucas, had come to Pixies from a hoarder's property in Murupara in April 2021 with a ruptured eye. He received Lucas in September and had to have the eye removed. That was five months in Pixie's care that he didn't receive treatment for a rather serious injury, he says. Sure, a lot of the animals would have gone to them in a bad state. That's the point of a shelter and a rescue. You are also required to get them veterinary treatment, do so in a timely manner, and meet your obligations under the Animal Welfare Act. Johansson says some rescues don't set boundaries and allow themselves to be emotionally blackmailed by people into taking more animals than they can cope with. He wants to see minimum standards and an accreditation scheme introduced. It's something I've been pushing for years, he says. I think it's very important the public knows these people are trustworthy and honest and that they're regulated. Christine Breen of Chained Dog Awareness is full of praise for Woolmarins, who would sometimes foster dogs that had been relinquished by their owners. She did a great job rehabilitating them, Breen says. But Pixies was used as a dumping ground for cats, she says. On one occasion, someone brought more than 40 at once. How can you say no to a sick animal, Breen says. Woolmarin says she's learned from her mistakes and will keep her operations small. I will continue with rescue, but on my terms. No more rescues coming and plonking their unwanted animals. The dog was mistreated and um, he would be left to fend for himself. No food, no water. In the rescue game, you do lie, steal, cheat, you are dishonest, and I'm sorry about that. That was Odin and Lorazepam on The Long Read from Stuff, written by Tony Wall and Caroline Williams, read by Caroline Williams and produced by Jen Black. This episode was edited by Connor Scott. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on The Long Read podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you want to read the rest of the parts in this three-part series, head to stuff.co.nz. If you follow the podcast, you'll get the latest episodes automatically. Thanks for listening. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.